Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. So once again, we'll give away what day it is. It's the day after the election. Well, that's okay. Because I would hope the last episode everyone listened to was the election day one. So they kind of already know what day it is. And apparently (laughs) here in Orange County, at the beginning of the day, there was 480,000 votes left to be counted. That's a crap load. That's a crap load. It's a lot. Like half a million people left to count. Considering in Orange County there's only 1.5 million voters. And that's just Orange County. But you, I didn't really mail my ballot, what, until Thursday? Mm-hmm. Maybe even Friday, was it? No, it was Thursday because Friday we went to... Um, no. It was whatever day we went to the first attempt at the UPS store. So Thursday or Friday, whatever. But it was late in the... No, it was Thursday because he said they would pick it up the next day, which was Friday. Um, And mine's already been counted. Well, in June, they said that it was just stuff dropped off or mailed on the day of that gets counted late. Yeah, I guess guess they have a super efficient system of when they get the ballots, they open them and then they just process them. But I mean, I'm sure the reason you have to fill in bubbles on that thing... Is I'm sure they use some kind of scanner machine, just like you would do for a Scantron well, test or something. Idiots. I mean, there has to be. And then they keep the physical ballot in case there's a discrepancy and you do a recount. Mm-hmm. They can manually recount it. Um, but the promised blue wave that everyone talked about didn't happen. Yeah, they took a, the Democrats took the House, but the Republicans gained in the Senate. Another country heard from. Duncan likes to bark at cats. And he has a very weird duck-like bark. Hence the duck-like bark in the background. So it's going to be an interesting two years because um, nothing's going to get done. You thought the first two years were terrible? The next two years are going to be awful because nothing's going to get done. And... In the end, when 2020 comes around, unfortunately, I feel like it just strengthens his chance to get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I mean, we have to kind of be patient and wait and see, but, you know, the way this country is very cyclical. And so, like, you, it always seems to happen, like... Like Obama in 2008, he got elected, and then in 2010, the Republicans took over everything. He got his butt kicked in 2010. So, in other words, what should have happened this year was the Democrats should have taken over everything. Right. and They really didn't. No, they really didn't. I mean, they, they split things down the middle. So, and one thing for Trump, if it had to go one way or the other, this way was the better way. Because the House is the one that investigates... And votes to impeach. Mm-hmm. But then the Senate has to be... They're the jury. Oh. 
So they have to vote to remove him from office or not. I see. So, like, and then they're saying that this has only happened twice in history, and they're not really sure what its effect would have on a re-election attempt, because the only other time that that happened, Bill Clinton was in his second term, so he had no re-election attempt. Right. And the only other time was Andrew Jackson, and Andrew Jackson was pretty unpopular president to begin with, Mm -hmm. and then he lost his re-election bid. So they say, they can't really say convincingly that it's because of the impeachment hearing. I see. So what they're saying is, you know, okay, so if he gets impeached, does that mean he'll have less of a chance to get reelected? On a second, you can get impeached and run for re-election? Well, of course you can if you don't get removed from office. All impeachment is is... Bad boy, you did something bad. Now we're going to let the Senate decide if you get taken out of office, if it's bad enough for that. Okay. How is it any different than the district attorney saying, Victoria, you robbed the Valutinas, and right. we're going to put you on trial. Then you, you go on trial and you get found not guilty. Confusion. Well, then you get found not guilty. It's the same thing. That's what I'm trying to say to you. One brings the charges, one prosecutes the charges. Uh-huh. And so, if when they prosecute the charges, they don't find him guilty, and they don't do a not guilty. And I was confused, because all of the idiots make it sound like if he gets impeached, then he's automatically going to be out of office. No. So, that's why I was confused. No, that doesn't work that way. So, um, the whole point is, you know, is it really going to just be a big old waste of time? Because the Republicans will never vote to kick him out of office. Are you kidding me? Unless they really think Mike Pence would do a better job. <laughs> they don't. I, I think I think we're in a deep doo-doo all over the place. I think that this just going to create more gridlock, more investigations of all sorts of things. So rather than doing the job that they're paid to do, they're just going to kind of kick back and continue to do these investigations for, you know, God knows how long. I mean, either... Get it done and focus on getting it done, or get some work done, one or the other. Yeah, doing some actual work would probably be, I don't know, beneficial. So, then everybody's in an uproar because today Trump asked Jeff Sessions to resign as Attorney General. And so he did. He did. And then he brought in a guy who has been very vocal about the fact that he would defund the special investigator's office, the Mueller thing, uh, because he thinks it was it's overreaching um, the proper boundaries. So people are saying, well, he asked um, Sessions to resign so that he could do this. Um, it could be. It probably is. Hmm. Um, but prove it. Right. It's the problem. Well, I mean, it's why... Okay, obstruction of justice. All right? If a person is wanted for a crime in the house next door, Mm -hmm. and let's say it's one of the men that visits the house, and the police know the man is there, and they come to the door, and they go, tonk, 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 we're here for, you know, John Doe. Oh, he's not here. Well, you mind if we look in your house? No, no problem. And, you know, John Doe thinks he's really well hidden, but the police find him in there. Guess who's going to jail for obstruction of justice? 
the lady, all the people, the lady that said, "No, he's not there." And the that one's cut and dry, right? He, oh, he's not here, but he really is here, right? How can you say somebody's obstructing justice based off of a firing that they did? How do you get to the bottom of why they fired that person? So are, are you saying that you're supposed to accept somebody who you don't think is doing a good job? Because it might make it, might make it look that your, re- that your reason is something different than what your real reason is, which is that he's not doing a good job? Apparently the critics think that. That's the thing I think is crazy. Like, like you, how do you... How do you say what he's thinking when he's going to terminate somebody? Right. Or prove it. Well, I mean, it's why wrongful termination is so difficult to prove. Because they can say any multitude of things. Well, we didn't want to hurt his feelings and tell him that, you know, his job performance was crappy. So we went ahead and um, fired him for, we gave him a different reason for firing him. Well, then that employer's an idiot. But they get that's how they get away with it. That's how they get away with wrongful terminations. They wind up not um, giving you the real reason for your termination. They're firing you because you're a woman. You think they're going to tell you they're firing you because you're a woman? And that's then you're going your to go to example just said. And then you're going to no. They give you a different reason for firing you. They don't want to hurt your feelings and tell you they're firing you for a woman. So they say to you. Well, you, you said... Th- you came in late today by 30 seconds. We don't tolerate that, so you're fired. Okay. Makes sense. And the fact is, that's why proving wrongful termination is so dang difficult. Because, um... You have to get inside the mind of the person that's doing the termination. I just don't see how you do that. Seems pretty impossible. Just like proving anything. So there's that. Mm, I don't know that it's impossible to prove things. Prove that somebody intended to kill somebody else. Uh, Prove the intent. You find that they took somebody, bound them up, poured gasoline on them, and burnt them, right? That's how they died. So you determined that three days ago they went to Home Depot and they bought rope and a can for gas. But if you don't have any of that evidence... Prove what's in their head. You can't. It's the same thing as anything else. You can't prove what's in somebody's head. Okay, well, that's different than what you said. You said you can't prove anything. Okay. And I'm trying to say that when there's evidence, you can prove things. Of course, when there's no evidence, you can't prove things. How can you prove what's in someone's head? Well, what if someone says to someone else, I'm going to get rid of that guy because um, I don't like how he looks at my secretary. And then he fires the guy for being late. And then the guy sues and says, well, he fired me because um, he was dating his secretary and he thought I was going to steal her away from him. Then he just brings the other guy in and says, what did he say to you? Oh, he said, I'm firing you. And then the employer brings in the lists of the 97 times that person was late. And you just gave the exact example that I gave five minutes ago that they use a different tactic to get. They got rid of you because of this, but they use this long list over here of other things that they make up. But then I would say that that lawyer would put them to task and have them prove all of those things. Prove to me he was late on those days. Show me the write-ups. Prove to me days. the dude actually fired him because he was looking at the secretary and that wasn't just a this co- offhanded here, comment. This guy over here made the comment. I mean, of course it's up to the jury to decide in the end, but that's evidence. 
you know, the other way, you say, all right, you're saying he was late for work and I'm supposed to just accept your word. Show me the write-up from being late for work. Because if there's no write-up, you can't use it. That's why when I worked at Restaurants on the Run, our human resources director, like, I wasn't big on write-ups. I didn't like to write people up. Because my end goal wasn't to terminate people. My end goal was to make them into better employees and keep them for a long, long time. Okay. And I was strict enough about, you know, you got to be on time, you got to do the job, you got to meet your goals, etc. Um, but they would breathe the wrong way and she'd be like, oh, you need to write them up for that. Well, I'm not going to write them up for that. Well, why not? Because to me, that what do I care? So she took three cigarette breaks today instead of two. Do I care? She got 45 things done this week. She's 100% on her goals for the last three months. Do I really want to give an employee a problem because they took an extra cigarette break after busting their ass for three, four months? Hell no. But that's what corporate America, they want you to like write everything up that someone does. Because then when they want to fire you, they've got their reasons to fire. They can fire you for any reason they want because they've got all this record built up. I remember when I got written up for leaving five minutes early despite the fact that I'd arrived half an hour early all the days that week. But where my was, boss was trying to fire me. Where was that? The same shithole that I worked at before I moved here. Ah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Before or after I knew you? Probably after, but very early. Huh. Interesting. I think I think that's a chicken shit way to handle an employee. It was right after said supervisor got the supervisor ah. job. See, like you're talking about, half hour early every day is two and a half extra hours you give to somebody, and then you leave five minutes early and they're going to write you up for that? Nah, I don't think Especially so. Especially when it was a salary job. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Did I work 40 hours this week, like I'm supposed to in order to get my salary? Yep. Oh, but it's a salary job. It's not based on hours. It's based on getting the job done, which I could probably have done in 16 hours. Yeah. So really. Yeah, but they do say that employers have a right to expect a salaried employee to work a minimum number of hours in a week. So that's where my comment came from. But I see your point. I played a lot of Candy Crush at that job. We'll go with that. Because I personally think that's like that's like having you know um, developers who work for you. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like I don't care if you work two hours a day or twenty two hours a day. What I care about is that you get the task finished. Make sense? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's Here that's, it comes. The duck sounds are coming again. <laughs> that's kind of interesting to me, though, that it's the same everywhere. Like, the the sneaky approach. Yeah, it's there the are giant every- dickheads everywhere. That's it's just interesting. That's something that's definitely similar between here and Canada. Well, I'm just intrigued by the approach, like... Because I would imagine the laws are different. Like, are they more lenient about what what's required in order to fire somebody? Cause. That's it, though. Nothing special. Probably write-ups to prove the cause. See, that's what's interesting. It's like California is an at-will state, meaning your job can be terminated at any time. And you have no expectation that you're going to keep your job forever. But yet, go ahead and try to fire somebody for just any old reason. You you have to lay people off if you don't really have a reason. But then you can't... Like, they laid some... That that job that I was just talking about, they laid some people off in one of the departments. Right. But then you can't replace those people if you've laid them off. 
because mm-hmm. then you know you've wrongfully terminated them, and uh, so that they they just had to pass their job responsibilities on to somebody else that already worked for the company until the right amount of time had passed, and then rehire. And then they person. would rehire. Yeah. So yeah. they fired three. Similar to here. They fired, They laid off three people from upstairs and hired a new accounts receivable person, and that that person was supposed to take on those duties. <laughs> like, just kind of ridiculous, but... Interesting. And they honestly expected that one person to be able to do those three jobs? Well, they passed some of the stuff on to other people. Like, they oh, probably yeah, yeah, actually yeah, needed to lay off two, but also wanted to fire the third one. <laughs> Still three jobs you gotta cover. Yep. So you replace one and... Spread out the work for the other two elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do the same thing here. They do the exact same thing here. I don't think employment laws are that different. In both places. It's intriguing, though. But but then, you know, like back to the election situation. Still didn't get a big turnout for voters. I mean... Something says it's 41%, though. That's almost double how many people turned out to vote in the primary. 41% where? Here? Uh-huh. Yeah, in a Democrat-controlled state, of course you're going to have higher because the Democrats were the ones who were energized to vote. I'm talking about across the whole country, the number I saw was like 21%. People don't give a shit. 21%. People don't feel like their votes matter. Okay. Judging by by social media, people give a shit. All they do is bitch and moan and bitch and moan and bitch and moan. And he's a thief and he's a gangster and he's going to ruin the country. But then they don't vote? Really? Really? You know what I think about people like that, right? Keep your opinion to yourself if you don't vote. Pretty simple. (laughs) I mean, if you don't partake in the process, it's okay not to partake in the process. It is. It's fine. It's your right to vote. It's your right not to vote. That's your choice. But if you're not going to partake in the process, then don't complain about it. It's pretty simple. I don't know. Time Magazine says 2018 could be historic for voter turnout. Well, we've already known, we already know what the voter turnout was, so Time Magazine was wrong. Are we going to have awkward silence while you read your phone? Yeah, we are. I see. I'm trying to read this stupid article and find out what it says. Calm yourself. So certain states are having 20-year highs in voter turnout. Because they're Democrat-controlled states. Or did you miss that comment I made? So Florida's a Democrat-controlled state? Yeah, actually it is. I thought what you said yesterday. Brower, it's now a governor of Florida is now a Republican. And yes, lots of Republicans won there. But it was Democrats that control it. The main county where Miami is, 100% Democrat. Okay. No chance for a Republican to win there. It's like Los Angeles. People who are Republicans that want to move on to Congress, they move to Orange County. They don't, they don't stay there. Because they'll never win there. Ever. It's like Hillary Clinton won Los Angeles County like 90% to 10%. It wasn't even an election. It wasn't even close. Might as well not even bother and waste the money. Was that much of a foregone conclusion? Okay. I'm just so, telling you what the article said. Um, Breaking records for voter turnout all over the place. But okay. clearly it doesn't matter. In any event. 
duck barker over here. I think he's going to try to figure out how to break through my gate. Seems to be harassing cats. Oh, Olive ran through the dining room. And then she sits, sits on the other side of the fence over there and watches him. And antagonizes him because she's a bitch. And she thinks it's funny. You know what? When he does try to find a way to escape is when you know he's feeling 100% better. <laughs> but it ain't gonna happen until he has some weight on him. Because he doesn't have enough energy. Although he's moving hella faster than he was moving before. I know. What I think what I think we're gonna see next is him halfway up on the on that box yeah. right there that I made for Odie. Yeah. But as soon as Odie leaves, that box moves too. So there's yeah. that. That's another thing. The Odie man. Just going he's on another vacation. Here, he's only here for one more full day, and then a, then a morning in hasta luego. She give you a time that she's coming to get him. Eleven thirty. Ooh. Eleven thirty. He's gonna get a bath tomorrow. And the Chawini will be hasta luego. Gone. Huh. Huh, Mr. Chawini. Anyway, um, we're done with election discussions. Um, until they're all, the local results are final, final. Right, because like I said, feel like either way, some of those elections, I'm going to have something to say about them. There's, there's something new coming for those of you who are listening. Um, it's a new news site, local news site called the Buena Park News. It's coming uh, probably sometime at the end of November, would be my guess. Um, but it's already capturing news and publishing it, so there'll be something to read from day one. And a lot of important links to city resources, including Knott's Berry Farm and Soak City. Those are the most important city resources. And uh, if you live in the area and you want to be a contributor, and all a contributor has to do is you've got to commit to writing two articles a month. That's pretty much it. And if you commit to that, we'll um, give you if, you, if you run a business or you work with a business that needs advertising, we'll give you free advertising um, just for being a contributor. So send an email to info at yogispodcastnetwork.com. Now, there actually is an email address for the website, however... I'm not ready to give that out yet because then you'll know how to find my website. <laughs> and I'm not ready for that. So we won't be going there yet. So anyway, it's going to be fun. The Like I said, there's, what did I say, 480,000 as of this morning were left to yeah, count? Yeah, but I think they counted like 100 and something thousand today. Well, and, the, and that's the thing. The vote count only changed by maybe 20 votes. Yeah. In the election we're talking about, which we're not going to discuss the name yet. going to be more... There's going to be more. They, I don't think they haven't hit the pocket of them yet because it's unreasonable how low the vote numbers are for those two places. Yeah. Three places. All three of them, even. The problem is this nev- This is the first time there's been a district election there. So you can't even go back and figure out approximately... Like, okay, in, in 2020, you have an estimate of how many people are going to vote. But you can guesstimate that they broke the city down by population-ish. So you can use the 2016 results-ish. They should be well, similar. Well, but, but, but how? Because, okay, in, in, 20, in 2016, mm-hmm. there were two districts 
that were up for election. Right. Two. Uh-huh. Okay. And one of them, the person, the, the, the winner had like 4,000 votes. In the other one, the winner had less than 1,000 votes. But there was more and, people and in the other one. There was only two other people, and the total, total votes was 2,700. So how was there 4,000 over here and 2,700 over here? It should still be more than 400. <laughs> well, but here's another, and here's, a, well, they are. They're 900 and something right now. It should still be more than that. But my point is, you'd have to know what the voter turnout is, etc. It's almost impossible to figure this out because you, even within an area, we might have had in in, in 2016, we might have had a 35% voter turnout in this district, but only a 20% voter turnout in the other district. So even if they had the exact same number of voters in both districts, the numbers are going to be different. And that's what I'm saying, without a history of how uh, an area does in a presidential year and how they do in a midterm year, you can't figure that out. There's just no way because history is what you need and we don't have it. Plus, I'm not convinced that they did it by equal number of people. I think they split it geographically by a number of square miles, in which case there's going to be areas where there'll be a lot less voters because there's a lot more businesses. Well, then they did it the wrong way because that's stupid. Just saying. I don't know how you would map Buena Park as I think about it. Because like, the population is kind of sprinkled sprinkled in on the edges. Mm-hmm. And then there's like entertainment, restaurants, and businesses in the middle. And then on the far, far, far end is, what do you call it, um, industrial. Mm-hmm. So how would you cohesively map a district... With the number of people, so that there, so that it covers the entire city. Because there's also always the possibility that amongst all of those businesses are five houses that need to get counted. Okay. So how do you map it to include those five houses with the fifteen thousand that are over here? You know where your population lives, so those five houses over there would get lumped in with somebody else. I understand that, but what I'm saying is your map. When you look at the maps and you put all the districts together, it has to quite literally cover the boundary of the city, right? So if there's an entire patch of the city that has zero population, like, like Stanton, there's a, in, in a nine square mile city, there's a one and a half square miles of actual people. Yet their districting maps have to cover the entire city. They do precincts by population. I'm sure they could figure out how to do it with the city. I'm not sure that precincts are done by population either. This precinct right here has 16,000 people. But you go to a different precinct in Cyprus, it doesn't ha- Cyprus doesn't even have 16,000 no they have 25,000 registered voters. That's it. Total. So there's no way they have a precinct that has 16,000 voters in it. It's impossible. I don't okay, even believe I'm not that. With you about I don't even believe I don't even believe this district has 16,000 voters in it because that would mean there's 90,000 voters in this city. I, I don't believe that. How many people are in this city? 90,000? I looked this up the other day because you were So there's 90,000 population? Yeah. Well, then there's no way that there can be 80,000 registered so voters. Only, well, there's only 83,000 people. Well, there's no way there can be 80,000 registered voters because there's five districts, 16,000 just in this district, allegedly, based off the voter data, allegedly. So that would be, that would be... You can't go by that voter data. It says seven people live in our apartment that none of, neither of us even know. 
That's what I'm saying. I don't know how you figure out the number because if there's 16,000 in this district times five, that's 80,000. It's simple math. You want to I think you do it? You count the number of unique addresses and assume that there's a registered, a registered voter at each place. Just one? I would think so because there's going to be some that don't have any. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's not an accurate count. I would think if you counted the number of addresses and said there was one registered voter at each, you'd probably get a more accurate number than the 16,000. And how would you do that? Remove the duplicates and count the number left? No, what I'm asking you is, who has the number of addresses? Where's that information? You have the voter data that has the addresses in it. But they don't have every address in the city. Or even in the district. They only have the addresses of the registered voters. So what I'm getting at is in order to get your number, how do I find out that there's 200,000 houses in this district? I don't know. Google it and see if something has the answer. It's like there's too many hoops to jump over to figure that out. I'm sure the city would know approximately. But see, that even is a problem because you draw a line and you go, I don't know. Anyway, it's not like it's super relevant. It was probably a stupid idea anyway, so. You're, it does say from January 13, 2016, it says, a map dividing Wayne Park into five districts with one council to be elected from each zone has passed the city council. Blah, 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 blah. Um... It was a long, a year-long process. 30 perspective maps were drawn. The five districts have equal number of residents with each district adequately representing ethnic minorities, a requirement of the state's Voting Rights Act. So what they do is they do exactly what you're talking about. They don't split it by registered voters. They split it by how many houses there are there. And if you think about it, that totally makes sense because... As you said, there could be people living in this house and there could be no registered voter here at all. And then in a year, we could move out and five people could move in and all five of them could be registered voters. Buena Park has 80,214 people, according to Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. and only 39.3% of the city is registered voters. So that would be 40,000. Less. So then that makes the voter data data really suspect because that would mean it would be approximately 8,000, unless we have like... Although, you know what? This is a pretty heavy residential area, so it is possible that this district, which would just be my luck, has more registered voters mm-hmm. than other districts for the very reason I was talking about. They did it by population. So you might hit an area where 50, 75% aren't registered or whatever. Or they probably did it by number of registered voters in the areas. But it says in here they did it by population. <laughs> And that makes sense. Like I'm I'm saying to you, this apartment building has 66 units in it. It may have, at the current time, 25 registered voters. At some point, it could have 130 registered voters. So that number fluctuates. So you couldn't do it based off of number of registered voters because that number would change year after year after year after year after year after year, and you'd have to keep redrawing your lines. But if you do it by how many houses there are, like you said a little while ago... That way makes sense. If they actually had a national database of everybody and did voter registration by that, like Canada does, they wouldn't have the problem of saying 97,000 different people live in this apartment specifically. Huh? 
When you file your income taxes in Canada, your voter registration address changes to whatever that address is. Okay. So but... nobody's going to file their income taxes to an address they used to live in five years ago. So the voter registration is more accurate as to where people live. And if it's out of date, it's only out of date by like well, a year. Some, I know that some counties um, prune the voter registration data. Like if someone new registers at this address, they go back and they clean it up. But a lot of people are against that because they say they could be taking out voters who actually do still exist in that address. That's why Canada does it by your income taxes. But what I'm trying to figure out is when is your income tax due there? April. And when are elections? October. See, we so you're saying that it would be your address as of the lat previous You time can change you paid it any time you want. You can contact the government and change your registration if you move. You're supposed to anyway. When you move, contact the Canada mm -hmm. Revenue Agency and change it with them. But that's when it updates is in April or when you file your taxes for everybody. Hmm. It also... You, are you required there to give your physical address? I, you give a physical address and a mailing address, yes. See, here we're not required to do that. We're just required to give an address. So if I gave my P.O. box, it wouldn't work. The only way they could do that is to require a physical address. That'd be the only way. Then it would work. Well, actually, you can't. they can't require a physical address. I never changed my address for my parents' house, and they don't have a physical address. But then that means you're so, registered to vote at, at your their parents' PO address. Box. At their P.O. box, I'm registered to vote. Yeah, but... Which is why it was so difficult to vote when I voted in Lethbridge. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I mean... But that makes more sense than what they do now. Because right now, you, in five years, you could live in five different states, register to vote in all of them, and then you're, in, you're a registered voter in five different states. Five different times. Well... Okay, I think that the only change that I would make is I would require your social security number on your voter registration. And just like when you go to get a driver's license at another state, what they'll do, like, like okay, let's say we moved from California and we moved to Colorado. And then I go to get a driver's license in Colorado. Colorado can ping all of the DMV, state DMVs, and say, does this person with this social security number have a driver's license in your state? Because if they do, you need to deactivate it immediately. And then they deactivate it. Mm -hmm. I would say if they added the social security number, one of the reasons why they spread out voter registration to the states is to avoid corruption. If it's all in one database, someone could be at the federal level feeding data into it that doesn't exist. Dead people, whatever. But by spreading it out by state, it's less likely for that to happen. But you're right. The loophole is... You could register in California, then I could register in Colorado. Now I'm registered in two places. Right. And unless I tell the California people they don't know that I'm not registered, they could mail me a ballot and I could fill it out and turn it in. Do you want to know the other added benefit is? All Canadian citizens are registered to vote. Yeah. As long as they file taxes. I mean, I totally honestly, respect that there are people who don't sure, file their but taxes. But honestly, judging by the voter turnout... Wouldn't matter. It wouldn't. But Joe Blow, who the just turnout decides, numbers would just be lower. That's all. Joe Blow, who just decided this year that he's pissed off that the government wants to go and vote, doesn't have to go and register to vote because it's already done. So nothing can stop him. Yeah, from most states, most states here do it when you get your ID or your um, driver's license. 
There's got to be a better system than what it is right now. That's all. But I'm I would saying. think that if you had your social security number, then when I go to register to vote in Colorado, they ping all the voter registrars across the country right. with that and go, if you have them on your rolls, you need to remove them because they just registered to vote here. Because after looking at that voter data that you got for your election, it's garbage. Like, it was so inaccurate, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. Like, we'd never even heard of any of the people that lived in our apartment with us, apparently. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yep. Anyway, now that we've bored everybody enough talking about miscellaneous things. Well, I think it's in, I think that part is interesting. I think there needs yeah. to be a solution to the voter registration issue. That is for darn sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the solution is. I haven't really given it that much thought. Okay. Well, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye, Odie. Hi, everyone. This is Mike, and I truly hope you enjoyed this show. You're able to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, so as to never miss an episode. If, by chance, you did miss an episode here or there, you can catch up on all shows, past and present, by heading over to Yogi's Podcast Network.com forward slash TNR show. Thanks for listening.